0: Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Feminine Astrology podcast I am your host Margie Connor I'm a life coach astrologer human design expert and intuitive healer and I'm also the creator of feminine astrology which is essentially looking at a natal chart from the perspective of empowering the feminine within so I had some plans as to where I wanted to go with my next couple episodes of the podcast and I have just decided to throw it out the window because this is really what's coming to me um, and that is talking about Lilith. So Lilith is really what I use as one of the single most important aspects in the natal chart especially for women. Now it exists for everybody. It exists a little bit different, for, differently for men but for women it really is the seat of your dark divine feminine power. So I thought about breaking up this episode into a couple of different series on her, which I'm going to do. But I'm going to, this is going to be more of an overview of everything that she is and does, and as well as her mythology. So the reason I think Lilith is so important is because she really represents the female struggle within the patriarchy. Her story has been so painted with negativity. She's been painted as this demonic woman, and it really was because she was a woman in her power. And not her power as in, you know, having children and doing the role that men wanted her to, therefore she was powerful. It was actually that she existed in her own sovereignty. And this archetype, like Lilith is a particular um, myth of the ancient world, you know, really it comes from the creation story, which I'll get into, but um, her archetype, this woman who was powerful and then had all this vengeful rage and left the kingdom and then was sort of made and demonized has been a story that has existed in almost every culture and she's never celebrated. So really my draw to Lilith was, I was curious, you know, when I first discovered Lilith, I was like, oh, this is a cool aspect. I mean, it's something that I'd heard from studying astrology but didn't really pay that much attention to until I looked at my own Lilith and I realized that it was the most misunderstood part of myself same thing I started to look at my clients charts and I saw the exact same thing happening it was the most misunderstood part of them and the part of them that they had been shamed for their whole life so really what I look at in a client's chart or any, you know, anyone's chart but a woman especially is the relationship with shame that a woman has around her power and so Saturn which I will get into in another episode really represents where we abandon our femininity but the placement of Lilith shows us where we've been shamed for it, and this is not a man hating podcast. I feel like I need to say that over and over and over again there It's just a um, an attempt to sort of you know really paint the story of what women have experienced throughout history and the patri- what the patriarchal way has sort of the box that it's put women in and Lilith is a perfect example of that so i mean re- like many other women who prevailed throughout you know, through their own strength, dignity, and personal power, Lila's story has been demonized. I mean, she's appeared in multiple myths in multiple cultures as a woman owned only into herself. And for that reason, she was considered horrible, this succubus, you know, normally, well, traditionally in astrology, she was this placement that was like evil and devilish and the worst part of you. And it was really something that only women were considered to have. I mean, I've I've seen that they people have used Lilith to be, you know, what men are secretly attracted to. So their Lilith placement could be, you know, if they maybe they're married to a woman who's like, you know, very uh, put together, or, you know, looks good from the sort of paper point, but then their Lilith placement is really like their dark, dirty fantasy. And while I've seen that to be true, what I see more is it's the it's women that they are afraid of, and most typically I see in a man's Lilith. Uh, that it's the women that they really hate on and make fun of. You know, I know somebody, this is just an example. I know somebody who has Lilith and Capricorn and I've heard this man say multiple times how unattractive women are who are in power and who are like CEOs and, you know, don't have children. And I mean, this is not a good person, but I'm just, I'm using this as an example and out of curiosity, I looked at their Lilith placement, and he has Lilith in Capricorn, which means that there's a part of him that is so intimidated by the feminine energy that takes on the Capricornian archetype, which is a successful business person wanting recognition in the world. But it's actually because he has a secret sexual attraction to it, and there's um, an uncontrollableness that brings fear in him. So... I'm going to start by getting into Lilith's mythology. So Lilith was actually the first woman. uh, When God created Earth or, you know, the universe, he created Adam and he created Lilith. And they were both made of the dust of the Earth. They were totally equal um, and they were, you know, sent to live in the Garden of Eden. And so Lilith, the story is that she, they were having sex and she told Adam that she wanted to be on top and he was disgusted by her was just like no you're you're not getting on top you know that's a man's role and she basically was like fine then i'm i'm out of here like if i don't have my own sovereignty and also the expression of my own pleasure then i'm not you know you're not going to control me like that and so she left the garden of eden and the way this story this is really where her allegory gets quite misconstrued and where she gets demonized is because she left She was said to be in this vengeful rage of, you know, like cursing Eden and then going into the hills and this horrible story. When really the woman just wanted to leave, she didn't want to be in the power struggle, she didn't want to be in the, you know, in in the dynamic of being less than. Uh, So she left the Garden of Eden. And that was when we have Eve. And so Adam went to God and said, You know, this is what's happening. Lilith has left. Um, I need, you know, I need a woman. And so that was when he created Eve from the rib of Adam. So this whole story about how women are made of men really is like, you know, the beginning of this patriarchal society being created and these patriarchal ideals because, you know, in tra- traditional Catholicism or when you read the Bible, Lilith is omitted. She's not, you know, they don't even talk about Lilith. We Oh, we can't even mention her. And then it's painted that Eve is a part of man or, you know, woman is a part of man when really woman was her own thing entirely. And the man didn't like that she was not wanting to be controlled by him. And so then the story goes that she went up into the hills and, you know, became this demon goddess um, who was, you know, bitter and jealous and angry and wanted to hurt people and even though it really wasn't true she just wanted to live in her own sovereignty so she's painted as this angry succubus who left in a vengeful rage and emotion and you know in jewish folklore she's depicted as a demon woman living in the hills who actually sneaks into bed into bed with men forcing them to cheat on their wives and killing babies in the night And so a lot of times, you know, the Lilith story kind of, she's depicted as eating babies or as an owl screeching. And that's because in Hebrew, that's actually what her her name translates to, which is screeching owl. But so in antiquity, they needed a reason that men would, number one, cheat on their wives. And so the only reason that they could come up with in the folklore or to, you know, to match some myth is that they were... um, possessed by Lilith that she was so angry about how Eve had taken her place that they she would find men and make them cheat on their wives and so there the woman I mean that's the beginning of the woman who chooses to be on her own is called a slut or the mistress or is you know uses her sexual energy for something bad Um, and she I mean she really was the scapegoat and then same thing with her eating babies it was because they needed a reason why babies would die in China, you know, at a very young age. And so there, um, you know, the myths had told the story basically that Lilith would come and kill the babies in the night because she was jealous that she couldn't have children of her own. But all, you know, I did a lot of research on Lilith and looking at her throughout different cultures. Cause there, there is this archetype, you know, even in ancient Greece, um, her name was Lamida, but she was sorry, Lamia, um, she was actually Zeus's most beloved mistress and so Zeus told her that he was going to leave Hera who was the queen of Mount Olympus for uh, Lamia and he didn't and so Hera found out about this and actually killed the children of Zeus and Lamia and so you know the story goes is that Lamia is this horrible creature who kills babies out of vengeance but really she was just so hurt in, in, this, in this anguish that her own children had been killed. But because she was this mistress, she was not protected by Zeus. So, I mean, this is, you know, really a lot of Lilith and her allegory relates to the other woman. Uh, her story is one that so many women can relate to. You know, she's often referred to as the mirror of the world. She's outcasted in every story because she reflects back to men and women the results of their shortcomings. Um, And then she's exiled instead of embraced for this. So really, you know, in the allegory of Adam and Lilith, Lilith was reflecting back to Adam how, you know, how he was expecting this inequality, how he was expecting to be better than her. And she showed him that. And instead of accepting that and making that change, she was demonized and exiled. And so really how I see Lilith in everyone's birth chart is your opportunity to be the mirror to the world and to yourself. And then it often rubs people the wrong way, which is why we see so many times that women cut off their own power because they are exiled for it. You know, they're demonized for being powerful women. Even if you want to take the word spinster, originally um, a spinster was actually a woman who was able to provide for herself and didn't need a man. That was the original definition. They would spin wool and they actually could create their own living. And so now, you know, throughout society and throughout history – this word has been skewed and you know misconstrued to mean this like horrible woman who's unmarriable and is so lonely and you know bitter and it's just not true women who have decided to be in their own power have been made to seem evil or bad or unhappy when really Lilith was chilling up in the hills she was happy she was like I'm good I don't I don't need to be a part of the garden of Eden I am I'm straight um and you know Lilith was also sexually liberated and she often is in all of these tales you know with Lamia the reason she was Zeus's beloved mistress is because of her incredible sexual power i mean Zeus was overtaken by her he was enamored by her but the story with women who are sexually empowered is that men want to use them to a certain point and then when it comes time to actually you know settle down or show up. I mean, it's the same story with the mistress always. You know, the mistress is this sexual being, but no man actually wants to marry her because oh, she's uncontrollable. We don't, you know, that's not that's not a that's not marriage material, etc. And, you know, women throughout history have really been stripped of their right to sexuality because sexuality is creativity and creativity is power a woman's body has been used as currency either to please a man or produce children pr- produce children for them so a woman who decides to embrace her natural sexual power is demonized or painted as a whore slut or outcast of society and you know the reason i'm highlighting all of these is because of how important it is in understanding lilith in your astrology chart so Personally, I really always dive into the mythology behind the um, the role in astrology because the mythology is what makes up the archetype. It's what the story is. You know, the birth chart is a beautiful story of all of these archetypes and the role they play in your psyche. You know, I can look at anything. I can look at Jupiter, for example, Zeus. And if we look at the mythology of Zeus and then where it's placed in your birth chart, we can see how Zeus is living within you, right? This archetype of this great God of um, abundance and good fortune and expansion, you know, what what's his role? And then so same thing with Lilith, you want to understand her mythology in order to understand how she plays out in your life. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Lilith wanted to partake in the sexual pleasures of the body just like Adam did, but she was shamed for it. And so this is really where we come back to the story of shame um, and when I look at Lilith I really think of her as a cyclical being you know she there are cycles of female um, female empowerment that they go like this it's repression vengeance and then empowerment so there are actually three Lilith placements in a natal chart um, the mean calculation is what we call Lilith and that's always what I recommend using I mean I'll explain the other couple of placements but Lilith is actually a lunar ap- apogee, so it's a calculated point it's not an actual planet, so we do have the asteroid Lilith, however, who really tells the story of lilith's repression um, you know she's a triple moon goddess, which means that she has a maiden, mother, and crone manifestation, and so the maiden is always the young, fresh um, uh, aspect of the aspect of the goddess who really is about you know leading up to the full moon. And then you have the full moon, which is the, the mother, the highest expression or, you know, the full nurturing fertile um, version of the goddess. And then you have the crone that is, you know, the waning, yeah, the waning moon. So going back to the dark moon um, and that aspect is, you know, the, the woman who has sort of passed her past her prime, so to speak, her fertile, her fertile. Um, her fertile prime but she's now grown into herself as this dark goddess who understands the cycles of life and really steps outside of the game so to speak and so what I the asteroid Lilith I always see as Lilith's story of her in the Garden of Eden this is her repression you know she was in this beautiful garden with these golden handcuffs on she was this incredible woman with all of this power but she was having to live the role that Adam wanted her to be in so that's the first cycle of Lilith and then the next one we get to vengeance and this is normally where women get stuck and really where Lilith gets a bad name they all are different octaves of Lilith I would say that the repression is almost Lilith trying to please trying to make others happy trying to repress herself but she has so much power that repression turns into rage and so this is where we get the vengeance And every woman in her life, you know, after a certain amount of trials and tribulations is really has the choice to be bitter or to continue being repressed or to step out of step out of it entirely and not allow anyone to take away her power again. And so it breaks my heart when you hear, especially men, I've heard this many times, you know, oh, I just don't like older women because they're bitter. And really what it is, is they are living in the lower octave of Lilith. They've been burned so many times, had their power repressed so many times that they've just decided to be bitter and to be angry and to let that rage protect them rather than to let their power protect them. And so what happens is, you know, women will be repressed. They'll, be, they'll have their creative pleasures taken away, their creative power taken away, all of their unique feminine expression taken away because it's scary to others there's fear that it you know dark feminine energy is uncontrollable and it's chaotic and it can't be held down and so you know they do things maybe like taking away the power of expression i'm going to use my own lilith just as an example but so i have lilith in libra and i came into the world with a dad who really demonized me for how much i loved beauty and relationship i mean i'm somebody who just came into the world really wanting a relationship and to have that that beauty of that um, uh, exchange. And really, I just, I loved, yeah, relationship from a young age and I was called a slut and all of this. And, you know, we won't go into that, but I can see the cycles of Lilith here where I also was really, really, um, demonized for my love of beauty so much so that I, I went into the bodybuilding realm, which was my, you know, really where she came into her vengeance. So I was repressed. And then when I finally got out of that, cage that I was in I was vengeful which wasn't maybe conscience conscious but what I did is I was like oh you told me I can't look beautiful you told me I can't look feminine and I actually went into a bodybuilding realm where I tried to make myself look more masculine and avoided relationship and so this vengeance was only hurting myself and that is the difficult part about Lilith is when we have this rage that gets built up from being repressed for so long we may think that we're hurting other people but really we're only hurting ourselves and then we set ourselves up to have our power taken away once again so we get stuck in these pres- these cycles of rage and or sorry repression and then vengeance and finally we decide to step into empowerment after you've been repressed that rage builds up and you have the vengeance, the vengeance to get out. And so that's really the story of her saying, I'm leaving the Garden of Eden. I'm getting out of here. I'm not doing this shit. And, you know, you have a choice there that either you live in the hills in your own sovereignty, happy and, you know, understanding that you can be your own source of life. You can embrace that creativity and you don't need the approval of anyone else. Or you live in the hills and you eat babies and make men cheat on their wives, right? That's sort of the, the difference of Lilith, of her higher and lower octave expression. So the empowerment of Lilith comes when we use that rage to remember repression. So rage has this really beautiful quality about it that it can be transmuted into self-love. Rage is motivation. If it's directed at other people, then it's of no use, But what rage is here to do is to help us understand how to protect ourselves in the future. So that rage, when transmuted into self-love and radical self-expression, makes us empowered and unconquerable. And it takes us out of those other two cycles of repression and vengeance. And so this is really the cyclical pattern that Lilith works in. So, you know, the maiden is her repression. The mother expression of her triple moon goddessness is the vengeance and then the crone is actually her empowerment Um, because the reality is Lilith wanted to be equal to Adam she didn't want to overthrow him or destroy him she just wanted to have all the same rights and luxuries so when she was denied of this she refused to accept it and she would rather just exist on her own than be forced to sell herself short and sacrifice her personal power but that's very very hard to do she had to give it all up in order to have that and so that is really where I see most women struggle and where I see this Lilith archetype play out Um, everyone has a different story of Lilith but um, just an interest of not making this podcast too lengthy um, I think I really want to focus on the mythology of her rather than her role in astrology which we can get into next episode but the dark divine feminine power is truly uncontrollable and limit the limitless power of the feminine. It accepts no less than it deserves and it has a steadfast strength. That's the thing is, you know, the feminine is not usually seen as being strong, but the Lilith expression of the dark divine feminine is true strength. It doesn't need, a, of course, you know, we all need aspects of the masculine, but it doesn't need a man to empower it or it doesn't need the patriarchal, um, support. And so this is an energy that society and the patriarchy has done everything in its power to break, which is really why we see, you know, in Iran, women having to cover their heads and, you know, not have any expression of beauty or, I mean, Iran's a really powerful example of this, but the female voice, you know, the female voice is powerful. Like even if you look at the stories of mermaids or sirens with their song, they were able to control, um, sailors and that's scary. The idea that the dark divine feminine could have power over anyone is scary. And so all the attempts to break female, female creativity is the effort to repress Lilith. Um, and another thing is also, you know, demonizing it or over-sexualizing it, right? Like saying, oh, your aspect of Lilith is actually just a benefit to me because what it does is then it takes away what you feel your personal power is. You know, if if you're a woman who I have, I'm going to use my Lilith, but I have Lilith and Libra, right? And so if I have men sort of using me for my Lilith way, I'm not really in my power. I might feel like I'm controlling them, but that's not me using it for my power. My greatest expression of a Lilith and Libra is expressing beauty And taking out into the world in this whimsical way, creating that balance everywhere I go, creating loving relationship without the expectation of codependency. And that, you know, the negative aspects of Libra is the people-pleasing, giving away your power because you feel like you can't survive without the other. And, I mean, really the story of Lilith is most likely one that every woman can, can relate to on some level. You know, whether it's at work, in your family of origin, in your relationship life, in your friends, it, it plays out. But when you finally find the power to stand up for what you deserve or need, this is really where you see your Lilith shine. Um, you share your desires and hopes of liberating yourself, but adversity and the attempts to do so actually like, bring shame onto you. Now you have a choice. You can either conform to whatever's being placed on you, or you make the brave step of leaving all the structures currently supporting you. And this is really where I see women's Lilith come into play, is when they have to make that choice to leave the comfort of what they've known in order to save themselves. So you can either choose to take yourself out of the power dynamic entirely and take the chance of trusting and relying only upon yourself. You have no malice in your heart just a desperate longing to live the life you're worthy of. In this decision, you're demonized. And so many women, I see this, you know, like in the story of divorce, really. Um, The most common scenario is the woman who decides to leave her marriage where her divinely feminine qualities of love, devotion, and tenderness are taken for granted time after time. She reaches her limit. She can't take anymore. And then with no sense of real security or support other than herself, she leaves the marriage. Right And then she's demonized, painted as the one who broke up the family, broke the husband's heart, and ruined a good thing. This is a, you know, age, story is a story as old as time. As she tries to pick the pieces of herself up, her name is then dragged through the mud, she loses friends, family, and the entire life she once knew. And then as she begins to rebuild herself amongst the grief and loss of everything she created, she's demonized even more. The more powerful and grounded that she starts to become in herself, then more blame is thrust onto her. And this is really the Lilith archetype. It's the woman who is just blasted with shame. And it's this test from the universe of how much are you going to rely on the trust within yourself. And so then again, you have a choice. Do you keep going or and, and not care about the lies people tell about you? Or do you concede and do you go back into everything that sucked the life out of you? And this is really... That step of repression to vengeance, do you step into empowerment or do you go back into repression? And so many women go back into the repression because it's easier. And I can't even say that I blame them. I mean, I've done it myself. It's scary to go out and trust the power that you hold with hold within. But if you choose to liberate yourself and step outside of the story, you are perpetually misunderstood and demonized. In your old life, you are likely replaced by another woman who represents Eve, who plays the role better. But the woman who steps outside of the vengeance and the repression no longer cares. She's in her power and holding space for those who see her. And then she exists far beyond the restraints of her old life, and she's misunderstood. And that is the story of Lilith. The woman who doesn't care the woman who knows that she does things with love. Because Lilith, when she was living up in the hills, she knew she was being demonized. But she would rather do that than have to go back and have her power taken away. This is the dark, divine feminine. It doesn't care. It's not a, it, there's no fear of not receiving. Because the feminine is receptive. And when you're in your true power within your gifts and within yourself, you know that you will receive what you need or you can create what you need. Because when you give yourself away, then you don't have the ability to get yourself out of certain scenarios because you've given away your special power. So um, I'm going to call this episode with just the mythology of Lilith and a little bit of her cyclical story because I want to be able to do an entire episode on her role in astrology and how to read it in your own birth chart. Furthermore, I'll be doing episodes on um, Lilith through the houses and Lilith through the signs, as well as conjunctions and aspects to her because I really want people to understand this power. You know, this whole story I just told from Lilith in the Garden of Eden to Lamia with Zeus and Hera to... Lilith, you know, the story of the most common woman, the woman who leaves her marriage because she can't take it anymore because she's being repressed and she can't handle it. These are all the Lilith archetype where our power sits. And the more more we realize it and work with our Lilith, the more untouchable we become, the more we step out of power dynamics and relationships. I can't tell you that enough that in my own life, understanding my Lilith has taken me out of my archetypal relationship struggles because I see where my fear of not having power makes me attracted to certain men who will actually take away my power. Um, and it's really on me. I'm choosing these archetypes, right? When we choose people in our relationships, it's because we need to work something out. And But by understanding my Lilith, I was able to understand where I can be powerful and not powerful in this negative way of taking something away from somebody or inflicting pain or more just in myself and trusting that I am, I can receive all that I'm worthy of, that I don't have to make myself smaller, that as soon as someone wants to take away my creativity or my beauty or my love of relationship um, or take advantage of it, that they are not for me. And so this is really why I use Lilith so much in feminine astrology and it's really the first place I look and the archetype that I try to highlight the most for people so I hope you enjoyed this episode and it felt like a bit of a story time but with that I'm going to wrap it up Um, if you are interested in having a feminine astrology reading which would include a full reading of Lilith you can find me um, at the new life coach on instagram You can email me, I'm Margie Connor at thenewlifecoaching.com. My website is thenewlifecoaching.com as well. I do full readings as well as human design readings and one-on-one life coaching. Um, Be sure to share, follow, and um, like this podcast. I hope that feminine astrology can really be something that's just made more common and that people are talking about because it has shed such a light on the empowerment that women hold inside. So with that, I will close up and we will come back next time with Lilith's role in astrology.